Welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Revenue Marketing podcast, brought to you by Revenue Marketing Alliance. In this episode, our host Eve Chen is joined by Tim Kakir, CEO at TaskDrive, to talk about how you can go from being data-driven to data-informed. Well, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Revenue Marketing. I'm your host, Eve Chen. Let's Talk Revenue Marketing, we have uh, uh, dived really deep into in the past uh, about 10 episodes into the world of data, technology, and innovation, um, in, especially in the tech community uh, uh, sector. So uh, we all know that the product leaders uh, love sharing their aha moment, the zap of sudden insight and discovery. And the moment when the value of our product resonates with our users, and that is really the goal for a lot of innovators. So while the stories of aha moments seem like a diamond a dozen, and the journey is far more complex than it appears really. So take an example, um, Facebook's aha moment as many of you know that when they is when they realize that the key to user loyalty really boil down to the new user earning seven more friends in that first 10 days. That is pretty precise data. Seven friends in first 10 days. That is the success ingredient. So the data sounds really straightforward, but really that, you know, um, the discovery of that, it didn't really happen overnight. And it really was a multi-year research and also, um, you know, it's a balance between the intuitive judgments and um, a lot of the people managing and the reviewing and analyzing, strategizing that data behind the scene. Yeah, exactly about the data analysis. And that is what created that aha moment for Facebook. So the tale of the seven friends in 10 days um, became an overly simplistic rallying cry for the idea that startups should be data-driven rather than relying on intuition. But this interpretation um, really glosses over some of the crucial facts of the stories. Um, so it's, we all know that is it is better to use data than not, obviously, um, but in today's episode, I really want to introduce this concept called data inform. And I actually never heard of that until I met my, um, my guest for today. And, um, so Tim, which I'll introduce shortly, and he talk about data inform instead of data driven. Really, um, what is the difference you ask? Well, the, dif- the difference isn't just semantic, really. It's about understanding the balance between intuition and data in the decision making. So that's, you know, the value of data in phone. And this approach, you know, when done properly, then when you combine your intuitions and also, you know, the science of data in your decision make- making, the results, you know, the, the outcome is uh, uh, benefits immeasurable. So um, to really explore the distinction between being data-driven and data-informed, I want to introduce you now to our special guest today, Tim Kaker. Um, uh, Tim is a huge advocate for data-informed approach, and uh, he called himself a growth ad- addict. Now, I'd like to understand a little bit more about that, what that means. And he's the CEO of Task Drive and um, also an expert in driving revenue growth. So um, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Ting to our show. Ting, welcome to Let's Talk Revenue Marketing. 
Hello, Eve. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm super excited to be here. Absolutely. Thank you. So um, I think I'm really keen to dive into um, this topic and um, understand a little more about the uh, further about the concept of data inform, which you spoke to me about. So um, but before we dive into this topic, um, could you give our listener a little bit more background about yourself and um, especially in the realm of data and marketing? Yeah, of course. Thank you. Uh, well, first of all, I think that I'll just tell a little bit about my career progression and why I've I'm obsessed about this topic is I started in sales, but I started in sales uh, when there was no, I mean, I think it was the early days of even Facebook when you had to be invited by a, by from your university email address. Uh, uh, so there was, there was no really uh, internet, let's say, I mean, it was very the early days of internet, right? So we didn't have all these zooms and all these, there was Skype. I think. Uh, and I was doing sales and I was doing door to door sales in, uh, I was living in LA in Los Angeles and I was going, door to door all across the US uh, with a truck full of carpets. Uh, they were not magic carpets, but uh, I used to make them look like they were magic. I'd throw them around and be like, look, they fly. And that was the joke. And we would we would do cold sales. We would go door to door and sell Turkish uh, handmade uh, luxury carpets, rugs, right? Uh, not drugs, rugs. Uh, and um, <laughs> so, so that's how I started. And, I, and it was very difficult back then. Data was, you know, you couldn't be data driven or data informed. Uh, yeah. It was, you didn't have all these amazing analytical tools today that we have. And, you know, now we have predictive analytics, we have AI and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I realized that, um, that I wasn't enjoying selling things to people that actually didn't need it. And I, and I was almost forcing them to buy it. Uh, so, because that's how we, we made money, uh, back then, you know, so, um, it was more, let's got a gray hat. I was going to say black, black hat, but it was more gray hat. Right. Uh, then I got really into marketing. Uh, I was like, okay, well, marketing sounds really interesting because I could show or find the people that might be interested about this product across the world and show them the product and sell them the product. Right. Cause they really need it. They, 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 they do have that, that desire to have that product. Um, and that really changed my career. I got into marketing, uh, moved across uh, from the US to the UK. Um, I got into uh, more publishing and and then I helped more magazines uh, get into the digital platforms to be able to do interactive applications. And this right. is where I was like, oh, okay, data, right? Suddenly there were, there were, there were magazines, there were you know, that would sell in the shops. So you you did have some data, but you know, how many, which shops sold, how many of them, how many they ordered, that was about it, you know, right. uh, how long they read, uh, how much they check, which web, which page that didn't exist, you know, because it was, it was hard copy of a magazine. So um, when I started to convert these into um, digital interactive applications and interactive magazines online, I was like, wow, okay, that's super interesting. Like you could see how long they spend on a page. Uh, you know how, yeah. how many times they went back to that page. You know how long it took them to read. Why did they? You know then you could start guessing why they prefer this article than that article in the magazine and this page and so on. So that's where I was like, wow, okay, data. Um, yeah. And from there on, um, I got into what we called back then, which was cool growth hacking. Now it's not cool, so don't call it growth hacking now. That's <laughs> you know, right. Now it's, yeah. about, yeah, now it's all about sustainable growth. So it's not about hacking your growth. Um, you know, your your way out to, to grow, if not to hack it, but to actually find sustainable systems um, to grow. Um, so there I really um, got into even more data and technology. Um, so being able to uh, build 
uh, dashboards with data box, Tableau even, and different analytical tools and, and data tools. Um, yeah. And I and I realized then there was a massive trend. Suddenly, it was data driven. Everybody was like, "Oh, you have to be data driven." I'm data driven. Oh, if you're not data driven, you won't get this job. And you know, to get a job, you had to say, "I'm a data driven person." Uh, you know, and you're you're sexy word now. Like it used yeah, to be yeah. a nerdy word. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and you know, you had to have that on your CV. You know, uh, even if you didn't understand anything about data, you're like, "I'm a data driven marketing uh, expert," right? And then you get the job almost, right? Uh, right. If the person that didn't have that word would be questioned like are you not data driven um so it was funny days um you know it's all the trends right come and go and then i realized i think that um you know we did a lot of data driven experiments and data driven decisions um and i was like well there should be something better to that and i got quite interested about the 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 question of uh, gut feeling and and really going with your guts you know and going uh with with your own decisions and not just from data um because at the end of the day entrepreneurs or you know founders um they create something most of the time from scratch and you know like the successful the big ones right uh the unicorns uh, if you may call it most of the time you know the, the innovators uh, and they don't go from data because there is sometimes there's not even data to go on from um and i was like okay well how do they do this uh and then i realized well it's having some data that is um you know parallel to the decision you're going to make and being able to inform yourself from that data, you know, and be like, okay, this is what's happening in the world. These are the needs of, of these people, but I'm going to build something new. Um, so that's where I was like, okay, that's data informed. And I, and I start researching and, you know, I didn't call it data informed myself, but then I realized this is actually something that I didn't come up with. Of course, uh, it does exist. You know, it's out there when you research data informed and I was like, okay, I'm changing my approach to data informed. And back then in my jobs, you know, I said, I'm not data driven. I am data informed. Uh, and if you went to an interview like that, people were like, oh, what does that mean? You definitely get yeah. a job. You know, they, they've never heard about it. So so that helped me a lot in, in interesting discussions like we're, we're going to have right now. Um, and that's how really I got into the concept of data informed uh, and COVID. Um, you know, COVID was, I think, the best example of of being data informed and not data driven and right. at the data everything was going really bad uh, but if you as a founder you had some some gut feeling you wouldn't fire everybody i think we're going to get into this conversation so let me not uh, ju- jump in but go back into the introduction uh why i'm here is because that covid moment i really i, I got really really obsessed about what happened to people to their jobs and and actually what happened in, in growth suddenly lots of companies grew in during covid um and then you know i told myself okay well data informed is the way in most de- most decisions right you can okay. still have a data-driven approach uh in certain cases but data informed i think is is most um especially as an executive i'm the ceo of tastra um so that really brought me to um to where i am Wow, yeah, that that does sound like a, a natural progression to me because um um sales enablement to to really do it effectively. We live in a complex world, so, so multi-channel is definitely the way to go. So um, it sounds exciting. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah. yeah, can you um think like uh, I I hear what you're saying about the data informed and data driven. Would you be able to just give our listener, you know, a little bit more like a, make it a more kind of concrete, um, you know, like for example, you, you talk about like the interview when you 
when you answer data informed, give us a tangible example, you know, to kind of um, differentiate the the difference between data driven, like you know, scenario A is data driven, scenario is data informed, and the some of the pros and cons about each pro uh, um, approach. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think that I kind of touched upon the COVID example. I'll dig a right. little into that, and then I'll give another maybe a more recent type of example as well. Um, so in the, in the COVID example, I remember really well, I was uh, a consultant uh, for an amazing CEO that has done amazing since COVID. Um, and he called me up and, and he said, he said, look, he said, and his company was into uh, hotel bookings, right? So okay. he had a platform to manage actually a smaller uh, B&B, uh, B&B bed and breakfast type of hotels, sure. small hotels in France, actually. Um, uh, an amazing platform, great technology was just starting to grow. COVID hit. Right. Right. And they were like, oh, my God, you know, what do we do? Uh, they were paying me and as a consultant and so on. They called me up. They said, look, they said, can we pose our partnership? Like, oh, can we stop it? Because we have to cut down costs. Right. right. Um, and and I was like, well, that makes sense. I was like, that's fine. Uh, your clients are hotels. They can't make money right now. They can't pay you. Um, and so the data driven approach here was to actually fire most of the people and stop what you're doing, you know, and pause because like hotels are not making money. Yeah, um, that's right. And, yeah. And then I remember I made like a, a suggestion, not a decision, but I made a data informed decision there, uh, in my mind. And I was like, okay, well, that's going down. I was like, okay, let's look at the booking. There's no bookings, zero bookings suddenly from, uh, full, uh, full hotels, uh, full BMBs to zero. And I was like, hmm, okay, there, there is a problem here, of course. Um, but then what I said to the founder and, and you know, um, love the guy and he's done really well. Um, I said, well, this is a great time for you, actually. And he's like, what do you mean? It's like, okay, well, you're implementing your system into their technology, into their, into their processes, into their day-to-day operations. Yeah. And most of their, most of their objections was, hey, I don't have time. I'm fully booked. Hey, I don't have time to change my system. Hey, I can't risk something going wrong with my system, right? Right. It was the perfect moment to actually call all the hotels and say, hey, we'll work free for you. We'll build your system while there is no bookings. We can all sit. They're sitting in their hotel. Most of them B&Bs that they live there as well, right? Um, it's like, let's just redo your website. Let's redo your booking platform. Let's right. do your platform. Let's redo all of this. Uh, they offer this service for free. Uh, you know, COVID, um, restrictions start, um, leaving, right? Uh, the company just went, right? Because they built these systems into their, into their partners, into their hotels and the hotels start getting bookings. And now they were all using their new system. Hotels were able to take actually that time yeah, right? because they right. a lot of time in their hands suddenly uh, and do that, right? In a data-driven approach, what would you do? You couldn't do anything because you didn't know what to do. But in a data-informed, like data, the data was showing you zero, 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 zero. What are you going to do? You're not yeah. even allowed to bring people in. So in a data-informed way, there we actually took the decision of spending more time and resources um, you know, luckily there, there were good VCs and good, uh, uh, angels uh, backing up this business and they took the time to really help their clients even for free. Right. So any lead, they're like, look, we're going to help you build all your system, right? Cause they were old school systems and these were the very cool, innovative new system. So they built these systems 
doors open back of the hotels. Now they've been together since, you know, with the clients. Uh, this was a, a great example, in my opinion, of data informed uh, yeah. from having really terrible data. Uh, another example is, you know, if you did have, let's say Netflix, you know, I'm just thinking out loud here. If right. Netflix were strictly data driven, right, you would only have promo- the, the, the shows that would be promoted only would be the most popular content, right? So every viewer to boost the viewing hours, right? Um, but this is based directly on the data, which shows what the most viewed shows are and so on. But um, in a, in a data informed approach, right, they actually consider the fact of culture. They are of different countries, um, you know, the co- the cultures of the people. And this is not just data. There is no cultural data, right? right. Um, so they couldn't drive their decisions of showing which uh, content to whom just from the data. But by mm-hmm. being data informed, they built a, a, a much more complex recommendation engine, right? Um, and so they, you know, we could talk about quantitative and qualitative data here, right? Uh, um, and they build a system where not just these things, these decisions would help, but also culture, where these people are. Uh, different things, which you could call data, but it wouldn't be purely driven on this data. You still have to have a, an informed decision. And usually you have cultural experts comes in and helps even get these engines, get these algorithms better. Um, right. So you do have a human element that informs the algorithm, right, uh, to make better decisions. So, so that's an, a bit more technical example that I could get into, of course, on yeah. on how how the human factor in decision making is not just numbers, but it's it's emotions, it's gut feeling, it's feel, it's it's really feelings. You know, it's I'm feeling yeah. down today because the weather is bad. Okay, the weather could be a data, but my feelings is not a data. But it's it's actually. A, a a reaction to that whether you know I might want to watch something a bit more sad, right? Or maybe yeah. something happier so that I, I so it 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 opens up my uh, my day and 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 some sunshine comes in my in my mind, you know. So I think that really um, we shouldn't be purely focused on on being data driven and be like, oh, the data told me this, let me go do this, because uh, then then we don't need humans. Right? Yeah, AI is going to take over. <laughs> that, that, that's true because data driven um, and, and informed. The, the you know kind of one uh, implies to me you know laser focus on just um, the 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 amount of sheer amount and the number of data coming in, and then you're going to make sense of it. And I feel like informed is taking more of a strategic, more holistic approach. To look at, you know, uh, uh, and the example you use about Netflix, I can also think about Spotify is another really good one. Um, in fact, uh, um, one of the product innovators uh, came to the RMA summit in Denver last year, and um, she spoke about one of the really successful use cases, Spotify. Because, you know, um, you have all these musicians, you have a user data and they're coming in and analyzing, okay, what they are listening and when they are listening and, you know, get down to really granular details. But, you know, they take it, you know, um, that they really take that data in form approach and then balance out. Like you said, you know, they brought in culture experts and, um, then they were able to come up with a really fun campaigns and experiment. You know, uh, different kind of like uh, the genre might be, you know, uh, grouped very differently 
to kind of you know push out to the markets, you know, to see that how how those you know kind of um do you say a pre-built playlist, you know, how that actually, you know, resonate with the, the user. So they do a lot of experimentation, yeah. um, you know, based on the, the balance um, of data and also intuition, which mm-hmm. was a great success, actually, you know. Um, and then, they then you know, through the, with the new data they collected, they have the validation, obviously, <laughs> to yeah, show. So but, you know, before that, you know, you really need that, you know, a human, a human element, um, and uh, not just the d- data component, because there's so much data, you know, even like uh, what do you focus on that can actually stir you into a decision making that might actually go down the wrong track, actually. So um, and so sometimes, you know, we, we got to sit back and saying that, hey, you know, like uh, maybe we should experiment, even the data is telling us this. But, you know, um, it is important to continue to experiment and to find out that, you know, that the, the non-tangible, non-data elements, you know, how that comes to play as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, and when you look at these biggest companies, you know, they do play on humans' emotions and hu- humans' emotions are, they're not zeros and ones, right? They're much more complex. That's than right, yeah. <laughs> And, 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 you know, this is why that AI still won't be stealing jobs, um, you know, but a person that uses AI will take other people's jobs, as I always say, yeah. uh, you know, the, the human still has to be there to make decisions for now. Let's see what's going to happen, uh, you know, in the next year or so. But, but uh, just going back to what you said as well, I think that um, it's really the, having the holistic view, you know, uh, taking a, a account the, the human factor, the client interactions, uh, and having you know the professional judgment and experience of a person uh, alongside the data and not just data right these things plus yeah. data makes you even stronger and also i think it's flexibility you know if you're data informed uh, sorry data driven then you don't have flexibility it's very rigid you know it's like you just adhere to the data and the data tells you to do this and you just go do that whatever the data suggests uh, but in a data informed approach you have flexibility you have creativity uh you right. can make new decisions or new uh, experiments you can run new experiments and 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 have you know an assumption and say hey i have an assumption i want to test this you know the data might tell you not to test it but you're like i'm going to test it and then the new yeah. data might tell you well, yeah this is a win or even if it's a fail you now know better that that was a failure hopefully next time you don't do the same failure right but we learn from our failures i think that's very important but also i think that um, it does have a contextual understanding right uh, what i mean here is data um, explain the why most of the time right uh right. it just tells you this is how and then you just like okay that's great but as a human and so on we can really fill up the gap which is uh, you know, understanding the the, the the human intuition and knowledge to understand why did this happen? Why is the data telling us this and not this, right? That's yeah. where again, the human is very important. And I think that, um, you know, let's be honest, uh, you know, data can, data used to be, I think it's getting better, but data is racist. AI is racist, as we say, right? Because oh. it was, yeah, well, it's it's built on uh, on data from big American white corporations, sure. right? right? And, and, yeah. and, you know, in Africa, you don't have the same amount of internet and data to be able to feed the, the AI. So true. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So there is automatically uh, AI can be racist, right? Yeah. And, you know, because that's what it's trained on. Um, yeah. This is a very sensitive subject, so I'm not going to get, I know I'm not an expert uh, at all, so I'm not going to get into it. But um, so um, as a human, 
emotions and so on, we can also reduce the bias of data. Right. Yeah. And I think that's very important. And I, I hope that we're, we're going to live in a better world soon that, you know, this is why AI is more, a lot of it's open source or it's cheap, you know, like ChatGPT is $20 if you want to go with ChatGPT plus, but the yeah. free version is enough, right? It's to make sure that everywhere around the world, they can contribute to AI, they can contribute to data and make data right. more accessible to everybody and, and, to, and the AI to actually know about all races, all cultures and everything. Hey, podcast people, looking for new ideas and resources to crush your revenue marketing goals? Our Pro Plus membership is your secret weapon. With Pro Plus, you'll be armed with a growing toolkit of accredited courses, real-world case studies, and battle-tested templates to annihilate the competition. With this plan, you get access to our Revenue Marketing Certified Core course, which will equip you with insider frameworks and secrets to dominate leads, campaigns, and feedback loops. We're also dropping exclusive master's courses so you can learn from the greats. You'll be taking names in positioning, segmentation, and more. Plus, score a free yearly ticket to our exclusive revenue marketing summit at a location near you. Rub shoulders with the titans of the industry. Whether your goals are short, medium, or long-term, Pro Plus gives you the ammo to conquer them all. Lock and load Pro Plus at revenuemarketingalliance.com and start dominating like never before. No, that's that's a such important um, point that you just made, Tim. And uh, even even a very basic, and I would use the example like the LinkedIn. You know, a lot of the B two B marketers, and uh, we all kind of source data from LinkedIn platform. And um, but you know, if you look at it, you know, earlier you mentioned about the culture considerations. Um, if you look at Asia, you know, uh, certain country, they don't use LinkedIn. You know, if that's your source of truth and, you know, um, just basically, you know, trying to, um, you know, collect the, the, trying to collect the lookalike audience, right? Personas and all that. You're not going to do very well in certain markets in, in Asia. You know, it really requires, yeah. If, you, if you're just purely looking at the data, so, okay, you know, um, and that that might affect your ability to say this market is not as important, but simply there's no data, you know, and because there's no data doesn't mean that, you know, that market could actually be a gold, uh, a mine of gold, right? That you can actually uncover lots of opportunities. So, you know, by, by focusing, laser focus on this framework of data driven, um, a lot of company can and revenue marketers can actually miss a lot of opportunities that could actually be perfect for you. So a hundred percent cannot appreciate more than the cultural sensitivity that you, um, you talk about. Um, even down to the very basic of, you know, where do you find your ideal customers and ideal persona? Um, it can, can steer, steer you in the wrong, wrong area. If you don't have this, you know, we're going to constantly kind of experiment and testing, validating, you know, these data pools. That can, yeah. that can actually have a detrimental impact. hundred percent, hundred percent. And as you're saying that, you know, it's, it, it comes to me even a few more items that, you know, I did note a little bit to discuss here, of course, but I think it's the right time to also mention about, you know, when we say the holistic, as we said, the holistic approach and so on and, and viewing the whole thing, it's also, um, you know, uh, you could, if you're data informed, you can complement the vision and strategy a bit better. Right. Because if you're data driven, if you just rely on, on data, you might sidetrack your company's long term strategy and vision. 
right? Because right. today, maybe the next three months, six months, the data is bad and it's telling you not to go there. But that's our mission. That's our vision. These are our values. And we're going to, we're going to pass through. We're going to, we're going to push through, you know, like a snowplower, you know, we're just going to, we're going to plow through. And then you come out and the data is more on your side, right? And right. that is because you went against the data a little bit sometimes, right? So, so you, you definitely have to, um, also guide, um, the data to where you need data from, right? Yeah. And, and stay true to your, uh, core strategy and to your, to your vision and, and where you want to get to your mission of the company. I think that's very important. And also, yeah. The, the example of COVID, uh, you know, is not just COVID, but any, uh, rapid market changes. Right, uh, great, great businesses. Uh, usually, uh, they make decisions uh, before the data uh, comes in. Right, the data is gonna come in. It's gonna reflect. Maybe uh, it doesn't reflect immediately because you know uh, the, the the market is slowly changing. Uh, there are issues, you know, uh, and the data is not in yet. And we do make a decision, um, you know, and that proactive decision is what makes great companies and not companies just but also great leaders right great managers and great decision makers uh don't just rely on on data but also on gut feelings um and yeah. i think that also also as we said this is you know uh, any type of emotional responses it could be also sociopolitical events yeah. right which we have a lot in the world uh individual intuition uh, and many other things really play an important role. So I think data informed approach, it does respect all these elements and, and, and it's not just very rigid and it's not just a trendy thing, but it's, it's what humans are made to do, you know, is to read stuff, understand it and actually make our own decision and not just rely on a machine or on data. So sorry. Yeah, so uh, true. Yeah. No, no, no. I- no, absolutely. You know, you just reminded us examples. I was just, uh, um, actually reviewing some data yesterday for, uh, a client's campaign and we were doing, um, geofencing and, uh, we were looking at the, the actual conversion happen and how we only focus on the, uh, the click through, you know, obviously like, um, um, benchmark data. And we're saying that we gotta have, you know, um, X, uh, X percentage of click through and then go down to the next level and then, you know, go to conversion. Um, then that is the right tactic, right? Both messaging, both, you know, uh, sizing, placement, all of that, right? Um, the, the result came out in the experiment that I would, it was actually, um, you know, how we actually rely on the data. We wouldn't focus on those messagings and the creative. Because the, the conversion we actually got come from some of the matrix along the way, they're actually, you know, considered pretty poor. And, yeah. um, you know, if we actually don't, don't stick with it, you know, um, for a certain amount of time to experiment that we might have a drop that particular tactic. And, um, and actually it can, it, 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 it was that particular tactic yield of results. So that was fascinating. So you actually just pointed out a very important factor, which is, you know, um, you, you use the word vision, stick with your corporate strategy. That's more of a long term approach for me. Yeah. And whereas, you know, sometimes, you know, data specialists might focus on, they, they could be a little bit more myopic and focus on the here and now. So looking at monthly, quarterly, and so that itself, you know, pose a challenge, right? You know, like, um, data, you know, what sort of timeline do you look at that? Can you, can you give us, you know, some other factors, you know, you think that absolutely critical consideration 
when the leaders or、uh, data scientists need to balance, you know, data driven and data informed approach, what are some of the consideration they need to、um, they need to take into account? Yeah,、um, I think that first of all, it's there's no data set that is perfect. No data set、yeah. is perfect, right?、Uh, so if we're blindly trusting that,、uh, it can lead to costly errors. So、uh, this is why data informed approach, you know, it encourages you to view the data critically. Um, and and making sure that that data is, I mean, it's never going to be fully complete, but to a certain degree that you're making that decision. So make sure your data is is the cleanest it can.、Uh, if you especially going to go a little bit more down the data driven approach, but even on the data informed approach, we all want better data and, and cleaner data. And I think that you mentioned it earlier, we have so much data now, which back in the day we didn't have. So now we wanted to track everything, right?、Yeah. Um, Yeah, you know, we want to track everything. We want to track, you know, everything around me. I track, I track my whole body metrics. You know, I, <laughs> oh wow,、well. yeah, exactly. Just like I look at that, and I'm like, oh wow, my data says this, and data says that. You know,、um, luckily, I still go out sometimes and have fun with friends because if not, my data would say, don't do that, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> do that, you come home late.、Uh, you know, you don't sleep well. <laughs> then、yeah. I'll be social. Then, then. At the end, in the longer term, I might be a bit sadder because I might not have those friendships and stuff like that.、Yeah. So this is why that's a data-informed approach and not a data-driven approach.、Uh, <laughs> right. You know, but but then you know there are certain things that I took、um, as data-driven.、Uh, in the example of my health, you know, it's it's been it's been a couple months now. I haven't. Uh, sipped uh, even a tiny bit of alcohol because I realized that、um, I feel better, I sleep better, and the data is telling me exactly that. And I was like, I never wanted to accept it. And now with this, I'm going with a data-driven approach. You know, so,、right. so, so these are examples,、uh, a bit more personal examples. But I think in a professional example is really, you know, you're gonna you're gonna bring a new feature, or you're gonna you're gonna kill a feature. Right.、Uh, let's say that you have a feature.、Uh, you have hundred clients. Twenty clients only uses the feature. Eighty clients don't use it.、Uh, you ask everybody. Twenty says yes. I, you know, I love the feature. Eighty says no. Right. And then you're like, okay, well, I'm killing the feature. Right. You might lose those twenty clients, but having、yeah. that feature there, right, is not going to hurt the other eighty. Or if it's not hurting the other eighty, keep that feature because the data told you to kill that feature. Don't kill that feature. You know, because、right. those those twenty clients that use other features as well, but love that feature, right? You know, and and it's an eighty twenty type of thing. It's big numbers. It's big difference. You know,、um, but you still keep that feature. And there's those twenty clients. They've been with you for many years, and you tell them like, look, the data said that, but we we know that you love this feature, so we're gonna keep it. Those clients are are much longer with you. And and this is of course, this is why you should use a bit more. Qualitative data as well, and you know if you if you if you put the quantitative and the qualitative together, you can make a better decision as well. And、yeah. and sadly, we don't look at qualitative as much as we look at quantitative,、uh, you know, because we're all very revenue focused, you know, and everybody's revenue focused, of course, and that's a number.、Uh, it's not a sentiment, right? It's it,、yeah. it's number. It's a number in the bank account, you know. It's not a sentiment, but it does make you happier, of course, when you have it. When you don't have it, you're a bit sadder, you know. So <laughs> so when you think about it like that, you know, it's.、Um, I think that we are data driven automatically as humans,、uh, but when we make decisions in our jobs or in our family lives,、uh, you know, we should be a bit more data informed and not just go with the flow. You know, we decide、yeah. on we decide on the flow, and this is why、uh, we are still、um, much greater creatures、uh, creatures than AI. 
you know, uh, is it again, as I said, I don't know for how long, uh, but as long <laughs> as this, this is true, please <laughs> be data informed because when they take over, you know, uh, let's see what they're going to do to us, right? The AI. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, funny, it's, it's scary though, but at the same time it's exciting but scary at the same time <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and, and you know data i think should also help you encourage exploration and innovation yeah. you know because if you just follow data something is working and you just oh this is working you won't keep creating new stuff you won't create new features you won't create that because it's working you're making money uh you know so and also what i realized that um in my company and uh, task drive how we do things a little bit is yeah. that that we data informed because I want to empower empower my employees as well. So yeah. you know, data says this: just go do this. Well, no, I believe this because I'm the head of operation. I do this every day. This is how I want to handle it. All right, yeah. you know, I you know, this is why you're in that role. I trust you. So go with what you think is right. Um, hopefully, most of the time, it's the right decision. And the wrong decision, we learn from it because we uh, we actually have a decision-making journal, you know, or an error log, you know, where you're like, okay, this happened. And then if you input that, I made this decision and this happened. The next time you're going to make a decision that is similar in that category, you'll check these decisions and you'll make a better decision this time. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Yeah. Like another example I can think of is like a ski resort. Right. And, um, I've got a couple of friends, you know, they do, uh, they do what they call the outdoor justice program. So, um, it's basically designed to encourage more people of color to go to pursue the sports, um, that primarily that, you know, um, traditional sense it was more of a white sports but you know if you just purely look at the data then you will forego some of the consideration um you know the upbringing the cultural elements you know certain ethnic group and they they particularly don't like the cold and you know um there it requires education requires you know different type of like engagement to really you know to encourage them if you don't look at those elements, you know, you will continue to go down the path and then, you know, uh, stick with the, the typical channel, typical uh, messaging and uh, even the, the racial kind of like uh, um, um, personality in your advertising. And uh, so, you know, I guess, you know, taking that holistic and more of a long-term visions and as well as, you know, looking at the data, more of an informed approach that will, you know, open up, you know, uh, opportunities that you normally that thought that, you know, this is a dead end, right? So, um, I, this is a really, really interesting topic. And, um, I actually, you know, after we last spoke about that, uh, um, I researched a little bit more about that specific example that you shared today on the show, you know, um, to, to really make the, the data informed approach a little bit more tangible and then, you know, give uh, our listeners a really an understanding that, yeah, data is absolutely important, but, you know, it's, also very important to balance that with intuitions. And in fact, that, um, um, I don't know whether you've read a book uh, from good to great, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, uh, still, you know, one of the top sellers, you know, in the B2B, uh, sorry, in the marketing, to, uh, management, ma- marketing leadership world, right? And, um, so, um, he, the author, um, basically interviewed so many successful CEOs, sorry, uh, successful CEO for successful companies. And then really that the, the ingredient they drill down the most important thing is intuition. It's your gut feeling. <laughs> and uh, I was just like, okay, then 
as a revenue marketer, which is a very data driven, I look at it as that, how do I repeat this? You know, if this comes down to intuitions and, but you know, at the same time that, you know, what you mentioned on the show today, data is never accurate. And also data is based on historical. Right. So like you said that, you know, um, it really comes down to how you train the machine and what data you have collected in the past. Your analysis tend to base on what has happened. But if things hasn't happened and if you don't stay, you know, kind of uh, step out of that realm, you know, you will never venture and create more opportunities outside that little box. Right. Yeah, well, this where well, I think predictive predictive analytics, you know, is playing a lot of role, and it was okay back then. And now, I think with the power of AI getting stronger, I think that uh, we we can learn a lot from the past, and then actually make predictions to the future much better than we were able to before. Yeah. Um, but still, I think that uh, it's not picture perfect, right? It's so we still have to have that. Uh, that informed approach and and that gut feeling because it's still gonna yeah. make the best uh, or the greatest. Uh, leaders, founders, and decision makers are going to have the informed approach and not just the driven approach. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is great. Um, we're coming to an end to our um, podcast, and I do want to ask you one one critical question. Um, does the in the organization, you know, who should be data informed and versus data driven? Do we need to have like a certain role to laser focus on the, you know, just crunching the data and following that discipline uh, of measuring or matrix and, you know, providing those insights and some others, you know, need to be data more, take a more of a data informed approach. It, you know, does that matter? Like who within the organization take a different approach or is, it really comes down to a mixed approach for everyone across the organization? Yeah, this is a great question. I think it's a, it's a, it's a mixed approach, but you know, you can actually, if, if you are quite a mature company and a mature organization, not even, you don't have to be big or anything like mature in the sense of management and teams and, and their responsibilities is, you know, you can put development and IT or tech, uh, developers into more data driven, you know, but you can put your product team into more data informed. Right. right, because they're still thinking about the experience and how it might do. They can get creative and so on. But you don't want your tech guys, you know, the coding to get too creative. You know, you want them to have the less lines of code, uh, you know, and and the best code, and that's really data. At the end of the day, they're they're ones they they love ones and zeros, you know. Right. But a good product team is gonna have some designers, some graphics, and they're gonna be creative. And maybe on the side, they even have uh, on a weekend they have an art gallery somewhere, right? Um, yeah. I love that type of uh, product people because they'll come with new things that the data never said, you know, change the button and, and put it here. And they're like, let's test this out. Cause I just yeah. feel creative today. <laughs> you know, I had a good coffee or whatever and they try <laughs> it and it's a new trend. And everybody's like, wow, this is the best new UI user interface or user experience trend right now. And usually that doesn't always come from data, you know, that's from a true. different approach. It comes from an informed approach. I think that's really the, the two that I could show uh, very separate, like very, very uh, on the, on the opposite sides, uh, you can also kind of start looking into certain sales and marketing aspects. Maybe not the whole team, uh, yeah. you know, but your 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 marketing is going to be a little bit more informed as well because you you know attribution is never works as well. <laughs> you know, yeah, you can't, uh, we, we all know that. So you're still going to have a bit of gut feeling. 
and but the CRM usually is tracked really well. You know, right. the deal dies, and you've spoken to people. There's really good data there on a sales uh, salesperson. You know, so I think that they can be a little bit more driven and marketing a little bit more informed. Um, but again, sometimes in sales, you want to be a bit more informed as well, you know, when it comes to emotions and who you're selling to and stuff like that, and not just go with, with, with the data, what the data says. Um, yeah. and this is why I think combining these two teams into a growth team has always been my um, my go-to thing. You know, so I don't think marketing sales should be separate, but they should be a growth team uh, or a revenue team, as, as you may call it. Um, so, so that's how I would really look at, you know, their day-to-day tasks, you know. Yeah. And also what they like, you know, you're going to have a lot of people that are like, I don't want to think, I don't want gut feelings. I just want to make it straight and, and secure, you know, and I want to go with what the data says. And usually that's developers, CTOs and stuff like that. Um, and CFOs, right. And CFOs are definitely going <laughs> to, going to be very data driven. Yeah. Um, you know, but then the CEO. Uh, should be a bit more data informed and not just the data driven. So you could actually start looking at each role and and attribute a little bit more to them what type of uh, decision making they should uh, have as an approach, a bit more data driven or a bit more data informed. That's great advice. Yeah, great advice, Ting. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, no, th- thank you so much, Ting, for giving us, you know, um, so many examples and then, uh, really introducing, um, to our listeners this managerial, uh, lens. So it really is a mindset shift, right? So it's a subtle data driven or data informed. But, you know, whilst it looks really subtle, you know, the difference about the, the impact can be significant. You know, if you don't have taken, you know, a balanced approach and have a bit more flexibility, how you actually, you know, uh, look at the data and then look at your decision making, right? So, um, I think, you know, uh, it's absolutely val- invaluable, especially for our listener, uh, typically more in the functional roles and, uh, um, you know, in, in the revenue marketing and, typically very process driven and very data centric and, um, you know, trying to build this, you know, pipeline that is repeatable. Right. So I think, you know, it's important that our revenue marketers also put on the hat, you know, to, to look at, you know, um, some intuitive approach and a more of a longer term approach as well. And then, you know, experiment, go out there, experiment. Um, then that, you know, you're in ratio data collection as well as, you know, um, the data that intelligence that you pro- provide back to your, uh, leadership team and you will tell a different story. So, um, um, team. So, um, I know that you have done lots of other podcasts and also, you know, sharing, uh, with the world, your, uh, knowledge and wisdom about in the realm of data and marketing. Um, if our listeners want to, you know, um, get more knowledge from you, then what is the best way to kind of tap into, um, the, the information that you provide and, uh, how, how do people, uh, get in touch with you? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think the best way is LinkedIn. I'm very, very active okay. on LinkedIn. So on LinkedIn, just Tim Kakir, Kakir, C-A-K-I-R, uh, Tim is T-I-M. Um, you'll find me there. And uh, I have a newsletter on the features section. You can come to my newsletter. It's a weekly newsletter. I share everything I know. I share all the tools I test. I share all the best articles that I find that week. Um, yeah, I share. I'm, I'm very, very, I'm an open book. I love to share everything because I think that... Uh, that's, you know, it's by sharing uh, that we can do better together. Um, so the best is, yeah, it's my newsletter and, and I'm on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. I, I can, and I can't agree more. It's, it really is the collaborative approach, knowledge sharing that, you know, we make our industry and our professionals and everybody in it and, um, you know, 
we, we can actually, you know, uh, really uplift the entire community that way. Yeah. So thank you so much again. And that is a wrap for our today's episode of Let's Talk Revenue Marketing. And uh, um, I hope our listeners have again the deeper understanding of why it's time to be data informed. So um, without further ado, thank you again, to our team um, to come on the show. Thank you so much. And uh, please join us next time as we continue to explore the ever-evolving landscape of data, technology, and innovation. I'm your host, Eve Chen, and this is another episode of Let's Talk Revenue Marketing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for joining us on Let's Talk Revenue Marketing. Don't stop now. There's more to explore. Dive into our other captivating episodes where we uncover revenue-boosting strategies, insider secrets, and inspiring success stories. Get ready to unleash your marketing potential and stay ahead of the game. Keep listening and enjoy the next episode.